0: Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Techno Wizard It is nine seventeen a m and uh just had my polymath call a networking call for polymath It's been pretty cool every two weeks um this this or today they were talking about uh what what are the advantages and kind of disadvantages of being a polymath and there was a lot of really great answers um they're gonna post a video up on LinkedIn so if you're interested you know check out my linkedin probably be tagged in there <laughs> what i want to talk about is um this kind of i came up with this this magical i don't know mm-hmm. metaphor <laughs> um inspired by everybody's answers so i want to take some time to try and work through that because it was a really interesting idea um, yeah just just want to play around with that so to kind of recap real quick um some of the main advantages and disadvantages we i spoke about it a little bit before in my kind of growing pains of being a polymath it's like disadvantages is how it's difficult to um to kind of fit in <laughs> to a lot of places because you know people expect you to be a specialist or you know you you hear the jack of all trades master of none as is often taken or often given as an insult um even though know, what I recently learned is like the full quote is Jack of all trades, master of none, but better than being master of one Which is uh, crazy because you, you don't hear that full quote um, And it really changes the whole thing when you take that last bit off Doesn't it? <laughs> so I'm just like, huh But anyways, um, yeah, the kind of disadvantages is that a lot of people Kind of expect you to be a specialist And a lot of the career advice today nowadays is is centered around being a specialist and the idea that you have to you know be really good at one thing and if you you know go too much into too many other things then nobody can understand you or nobody you know wants to hire you or this that and the other It's just a mess however the advantages of being a, a polymath is that you can and this is you know what a lot of the other folks were saying is that you can see things from different perspectives right you can connect the dots from a whole bunch of different viewpoints a whole bunch of different areas um a whole bunch of different aspects of a system this that and the other you know a lot of these polymaths really enjoy systems thinking um i definitely understand why i really enjoy systems thinking um when i first heard about it and uh being a polymath is a naturally systemic holistic way of, of of thinking right because you automatically see the world from multiple perspectives and from a greater kind of height than um, most people typically do mm-hmm. and again it's not like a it's necessarily better than a specialist view or anything like that it's just that you tend to um, you know view things from <laughs> view the whole forest rather than a, an individual tree um, some other points they pointed out was how you can kind of uh, go think outside the box not just outside the box but beyond the concept of boxes <laughs> cuz uh, this this one dude uh very very beautifully put it it's like when you when you tell certain people to think outside the box they think outside that box into another box <laughs> right so it's like it, it's still very constrained and and very uh limited thinking but for many polymaths when they think outside the box we think like like outside the concept of boxes, and we kind of you know um, show that all boxes are illusions, and, and and meld things together in completely unexpected ways, and all this other stuff, right? And so all of that got me thinking about how it's very much like magic, right? Because every every everybody has a different view of what magic is. Everybody has different experiences of magic, um, but they all share the same kind of um, feeling of something being unexpected or something being um, different than what you thought would happen, right? Uh, one second. But yeah, so magic is 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 a, I think a great metaphor for being a polymath because there are different kinds of magic, and you could be a different type of magic user, right? Um, in the call, I, I I mentioned how you can be you know kind of stage performer. And utilize prestidigitation which is like a um, method of using of using uh your hands or or different props or things like that to kind of get people to look elsewhere right while the real stuff goes on you know right in front of their eyes and they're not noticing it so that's similar to an organization where most people are looking at one type of thing or one they think the problem is 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 in one thing one area of the of the you know sales process or the marketing or whatever and then you turn around with some user research <laughs> and it's like boom makes them think makes them see in a different completely different way that they didn't expect what what happened right or maybe maybe a better you know um kind of metaphor to that is is uh, a kind of website where you you expect to build a website that's like a you know typical landing page and you know you go through and you do this and that to uh, convert your customers but then you know polymath comes in and does some press (laughs) digitization and um you think they're building a website but really they're building an entire you know um sales funnel right where it's all about finding the people who 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 are interested in this Mm -hmm. and this thing who have this problem you know speaking to them Getting them, getting to see what they want, you know, um, having them come through your, your your website or your your newsletter or whatever, right? And it's like a multi multi-channel, or they call it an omni-channel approach, where you didn't even realize that was possible, right? Because you were too busy looking at just one small aspect of the of the stage of the of the uh, thing that you're trying to do. So that's one aspect of it, you know, the kind of stage performer. Um, I think this this form of magic is definitely the most well known, like the stage magician, and most people can kind of have an idea of this. And this is used pretty heavily, um, or not not that heavily, but it's still it's still kind of in the in the space of the known. But there are many many other spaces of what you might call what you might think of real magic, all right. And I I don't think prestidigitation is not real magic. I think it is, but it is limited, in that. It, it it works in the space of what is already possible, right? For these other aspects of magic, you start to get in the space of innovation and invention, where people start creating things that you didn't even think was possible to be created. All right. <laughs> and so I might call, for instance, a, a wizard, right? That's one of my favorite types of magicians or magic users in that this person this types of polymath this types of this type of uh, wizardry this type of magic user delves deep into studying magic right they study sciences they study um, the world they, they, they open up books in these arcane scrolls to, to learn all the you know the, the knowledge the arcane knowledge of what is available what is possible or what is not possible and why right they learn all the rules and then they learn how to break them <laughs> or at least bend the rules and that allows them to go beyond you know the the realm of possibility to invent completely new things that people didn't realize was possible once again so a wizard um that's one of my goals to be is to do that to do that with technology um and that's inspired by clark tech right uh this author arthur c clark um who's wrote you know a lot of really awesome books uh kind of created this idea of that term sufficiently advanced technology that's indistinguishable from magic right because in that in those science those high science fiction worlds they they delve so deep into technology into what is possible to to build in the in the universe that you know for those that's uninitiated in these arcane arts of technology and, and and you know invention and things like that it seems it seems like magic it's like just like a a smartphone would seem like magic to somebody even a hundred years ago right because to the uninitiated it is magical <laughs> it's completely inexplicable you have no idea how it was created you had no idea it was even possible you know but they delved so deep into that technology that they made it possible right so that's one of my favorites and then there's a uh, um, you can say clerics right so clerics um, or this could even be, what do you call it? Uh, there's another name for it. Kind of like a summoner type of thing. But we'll stick with clerics. It's the more known. Um, and these people are the ones that deal with the spiritual. Right? The, the um, meta, metaphysical, the over, um, overworld type of magic. So these experiences are things that resonate with you at a deep level because they resonate on a spiritual level. Right, these are your um, your monks, your even your priests and things like that. People who can, even even philosophers at some point, right? Philosophers at, at at some level. These people study so deeply into you know various types of understandings, uh, metaphysical understandings, that it gets you to think about the world and see the world in a completely different manner. It gets you to resonate as it, on a on a uh, on a uh, deeply what you call it, um, intuitive level, right? You get an intuitive understanding and, 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 and resonance with the wider world. And that becomes its own magical experience. So that's the cleric type of, uh, magician type of polymath. And then you can have the um, the druid, right? So this um, type of magic, of course, uses nature, looks deeply into the into the knowledge of life, to one person from the, the call was talking about, they were z- zoologists and they saw that how you can have native knowledge or or native intelligence where you look at life as a form of knowledge and that these biological structures the biological mechanics of how everything works the the ecology the environment um the different animals within there you know all these things um communicate their own sense of information their own sense of knowledge and you can learn from that you can learn really great wisdoms and uh innovations and all this other stuff by really studying that stuff so a druidic type of um type of a uh, magician or magic user can go deep into understanding nature in order to produce you know their own types of experiences and then you can probably even go further there uh further beyond such as warlocks right? warlocks study um, the 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 blasphemous the things that people are too scared to study things that seem you know um, uh, beyond the the level of of what is allowed in society right <laughs> the the demonic or the um, the kind of taboo right and these these folks are definitely can be feared or should be feared just like really any magician or any person can but these folks are especially feared because they study all these scary things that most people think you shouldn't even think about, <laughs> right? They think that this knowledge should not be uh, addressed or should not be studied or should not be played around with. But warlocks are not really scared of these things. Or maybe they are, but they respect it as well and they understand the power that can come from it, right? And so with warlocks, they can study like the real world equivalent is, is studying things like um, the, the dark evil that humans can do right and understanding like for instance you might have heard of the dark triad um psychopathy michael Machiavellianism, you know things like that and they, they understand that the, the depths of depravity that humans can go into and that also but that gives people knowledge of what to avoid or you know how to build structures away from that or it can be abused which it often is unfortunately to manipulate people Um, more easily because when you understand all that the depth of of that kind of depravity and evil you can you can use it (laughs) to a better extent Um, which is of course why being a warlock is very dangerous because like you have to tread the line of respecting the that this 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 evil or this kind of dark side of of not just humanity but to of nature as well because you can look into you know predator relationships like how uh, parasites or predators, you know, um, um, grow in nature and all this other stuff. You can look into uh, even death, you know, what, what studies of death. So, this can, that actually goes into the next phase of, uh, or the next magician or magic user, which is necromancy, right? The things being able to bring things back to life in a way. Um, and this is also one of those scary things because, like, you're, you're trying to uh, do something that most people think should not be done. Right, they think that you should just leave it alone. Right, um, it is the way it is because it should be. But necromancers realize that no, this, like this stuff doesn't necessarily have to be like this. Um, it is because uh, that's that's how it started, or that's what we're used to. But you can kind of you know delve into there a little bit, right? And necromancers, you know, can can look into um, death and understand, you know, how life can come from it. They can understand how to even beat death in, in some aspects, right? Many um, necromancers today, we might think of them as biologists who are trying to uh, beat death, who are trying to uh, create immortal life. You know, <laughs> so there's a lot of different you know ways you can get into this. You can get into uh, chronomancy. Oh, this dog's like literally right here. one second. Yeah, you can get into chronomancy. Um, you know, the study of time and how that is used. So whole bunch of people have have gone to this um the creation of time through mechanism of time it can also be just like any other t- type of magic user or type of type of um area can be used for 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 kind of great um evil or or at least can be misused can be over overused can be abused and that chronomancy is similar to how much of the world today is kind of or at least the western world is stuck on the western or british um Way of measuring time as opposed to um, different East Asian ways of measuring time or different African ways of measuring time and things like that, when one measurement of time gets you know uh, colonizes all others that 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 can be problematic but in any case, all of these areas all of these types of magicians can be seen as different types of polymaths and that they 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 might have a specific area of expertise or a specific area of interest but they you know can resonate with the world to create something um, different than most people realize and they go into greater depth and they connect the dots in different ways because all of these areas of magicians you know I, I kind of limited kind of artificially limited them to a specific area such as death or time or or, um, or technology or whatever but in reality they take a whole bunch of different things Right, it's, it's the the magician kind of kind of metaphor is really about how they work as opposed to what they work on, right? Like for instance, with the necromancer, um, they might work. They have to work by studying things that are that people don't think knowledge can come from, like such as death. Right? Um, there's there's when you study a whole lot of older things or things that. Uh, relics of the past, or whatever you know, you can see this as uh, people interested in history or anthropology, stuff like that, right? When, when you study things that people don't think has any more life that can come from it, but then you create more life from it, you know that that's that's kind of a a form of necromancy, you know. When you study time, for instance, you have to study things in a way that is completely separated from our current understanding of time, right? Or our 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 current understanding of the world. So, a chronomancer beyond just a person who studies time is in terms of a a uh, metaphorical way of working is a person who can kind of step back from reality and view it as as what if reality was different right what if you know um, then our entire world flowed this way or that way you know and um, what if we can jump back and forth and all this other stuff right like it, it gets you to kind of take a step back from what what reality is and, and review it like that um, a druidic you know standpoint a, a druidic magician is like someone who doesn't necessarily study they don't have to study life per se or or you know nature per se it could be a person who simply lo- who simply looks at things from a biological standpoint right who may look at a company as a biological organism right and an a, a economy as an ecosystem so you see <laughs> it, it doesn't necessarily have to be that you study a specific way uh, or specific subject but more that the way in which you look at the world allows you to view multiple subjects from a completely different way that most people would think about those subjects. So um, yeah, I think this would be a a very interesting way of kind of uh, highlighting the the diversity, the diverse mindset of of polymaths. And I would love to kind of explore this a little bit more and trying to explain this a little bit better and uh one person from the call said i should make like a whole production of different types of magic and i would definitely love to do that um i honestly been slacking in 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 um my magic kind of theory (laughs) i used to read all sorts of uh fantasy books but recently i've i've kind of constricted myself to you know certain web fictions they're still you know Mm -hmm. fantasy but i haven't read like high fantasy in, in quite a while so i wanted to look more into that stuff um Right now I'm trying to find more sci-fi stuff actually because that's that's a hole I've been I realized that when I was younger I didn't get to find very many sci-fi you know um books and things like that. It's still a lot more than most people cuz I've just read a lot more than most people but I probably read maybe 60 70 maybe even 80% of fantasy um compared to sci-fi. <laughs> so I want to I want to find more sci-fi books um to to read and uh, you know, show up my knowledge there, but to me, it, it really cross pollinates, right? Good sci-fi to me is magical. Good sci-fi to me is like, well, let me take a step back. The difference for me between sci- sci-fi and fantasy is that sci-fi gets you to, to think about things from a, um, of course, a technological standpoint, which which basically means it goes into the science of how things work, right? I really I really enjoy hard sci-fi because um, unfortunately i see a lot of kind of soft sci-fi or or close like sci-fi that's meant to be in just like 10 years as a little bit too boring in a way because they may take they, they might take only one area of life one's technology and extend that out to 10 or 20 years or something like that even even some some things that are a couple hundred years in the future they only take like maybe a handful of technologies and extend that out like oh what if we went to space right but then they never really look into the, how it would change the entire society. Like, I hate when all these sci fi that talks about Mars colonization from a standpoint of Mars colonization. Like, you really think we're going to get into space by using the same, um, you know, imperialistic, you know, Eurocentric um, idea of imperialization, of colon, colonization? Like, people don't realize that most of human history. For most of human history, humans have explored other places not as a colony, not as a colonization effort, but as a pure exploration. Like many of the African nations, they explored much of the world, China, you know, um, much of Europe. And even there are still stories of, of America that I still believe that have still not been completely, you know, debunked or anything. But they explored these different places, right? As a form of exploration, of trade, of mapping, things like that. They, they never tried to colonize these people these people the British and the, the you know the euros were the only ones that tried to colonize the world as they explored right and so when you think about space exploration I think it's kind of silly and really problematic to think about us colonizing other planets and other solar systems because what we see today is that colonization is a parasite and it and it eats itself right because when you colonize a whole bunch of places those places rebel, (laughs) right, they don't like to be colonized, people don't like to be colonized and then they, they, so they rebel and that's how many of these these nations fall apart, that's how the British Empire fell apart, nobody wanted to be ruled by the British anymore, same thing for America you see that happening now right? capitalism can very much be seen as an imperialistic uh, mechanism, and now a lot of these different places that America colonized is fighting back, is trying for their own sovereignty and all this, that and the other right So if you think about, you know, the technology that we that we have to go to space, you have to realize that that technology will most likely be um, distributed between a whole bunch of other different uh, people. So maybe, for instance, America comes up with some really cool uh, spaceships and, you know, you got Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, you know, creating the new space age and they get to Mars. That technology will also be used by India, by, you know, um, China. By Japan, by South America, all these other places, by Africa, you know, a lot of different places in Africa. And so as everybody starts to copy their technology or make their own versions of it. You know, make their own versions of uh of spaceships and things like that, that's gonna completely change the game. That's gonna completely change the game. So it won't be like colonization. I really hope it won't be because then it would just be a whole bunch of war and that's and a war in space is going to be really problematic because I worry it's going to be something like the Bobaverse where people start just just bombing the earth and we all get extinct pretty much. But um anyways, yeah. <laughs> that's why I haven't read much sci-fi growing up because a lot of it just just stunk of colonization and of imperialism. I'm just like can I view some cool sci-fi that's just people exploring and you know people building cool new things and and seeing aliens that were not humanoid? You know that's another thing that really annoyed me about sci-fi is that every time they see you know, other aliens, they're mostly either humanoid or or quadruped, you know, something like that. I'm just like, you can't, you don't have more imagination here. Like, um, so that always frustrated me. I know, in in terms of media. It, it made kind of sense to keep him humanoid because of you know uh special effects and and uh trying to connect with the characters and whatever boring stuff like that but (laughs) i i personally really want to see some sci-fi that is completely like left field um so yeah i'm gonna try to get more into that uh but where i was going with that is that uh some really cool sci-fi is also kind of has a magical tint to it, like it feels magical. Like that Clark Tech stuff, RTC Clark, that's where I really, really enjoy a lot of his stuff. Because it does seem kind of magical, right? Um, and I think the reason why that makes sense is because, like I said before, when you go deep into technology and understanding the universe to a level that other people didn't even think you can go, you can literally invent things that are basically magical, just like a cell phone, you know, a car, if you look at this 100 years ago, 200, 500, 1000 years ago, completely magical. There's no way people would be like, "Oh wow, that's people somebody created that." Like very few people would 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 realize that this is something that another human created. Right? On the same level, right? Without extending to the godhood or something like that. Um maybe somebody like Da Vinci or you know, another polymath might understand that, "Oh no, this is, you know, human created." <laughs> but um yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's super interesting to go to those extents. And that's something I wanna do as well. Like I wanna start writing literature and fiction um from a solar punk aspect. And to me solar punk is like takes these different areas of magic and fuses them together as well, like a, a druid and a um and a uh, tech and a wizard, you know. Um and that's another thing I, I think Polymass can do. Is that not only do they look at the world completely differently but they can change their view right many polymaths can completely a- abandon their old way of thinking like there maybe they used to view the word as a druid as a biological structure and then they change their view to a you know mechanistic structure or, or a system structure or you know this that and the other structure and it and it allows them to you know shift from this point to another and to once again see the world completely differently and hopefully to communicate that difference in that that uh different perspective. So that's what I really hope to do as a techno wizard is like see the world from different areas as well as communicate it. Communicate those perspectives to to people to get them, you know, thinking differently, to adapt and to um kind of invent and quantify magic and all this other stuff. So, yep. Yeah, I really enjoyed this uh <laughs> this uh networking cafe this morning it was really great and uh i would love to know what other folks think about you know my metaphor here with different magicians and different types of magic users and stuff like that um so as always let me know i'm probably gonna end it there because yesterday i didn't do much (laughs) i felt like i don't know for some reason i just felt really terrible or just unproductive um Set my goals out, but I was just like, Ugh. I just didn't have the energy for some reason. Um, I met with some cool people's anyways, so that's that's always cool. I try to do you know the smallest bit, um, watch some other more videos about urban planning and about um, the metaverse and all this other stuff. Try to be a little bit productive, um, but for the most part, I honestly didn't do much. It's mostly um, consumption, consumption based. Uh, and when I'm in those moods I try to consume things that you know inspire me or that motivate me that educate me so that helps a little bit to feel like I wasn't a complete waste of time. Um <laughs> uh, even though it's no you know waste of time, it's just how we use it. But yeah, um probably gonna end it there. Today I'll try to do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I have a good amount of meetings and interviews today, I've been interviewing people for the arcade position, arcade management position got my interview with uh, um, any of the futurist folks tomorrow so hopefully that goes really well and um, yeah we'll end it there, so as always thanks for listening, let me know your thoughts you can hit me up at Elijah Claude E-L-I-J-A-H-C-L-A-U-D-E on every platform pretty much Um, and uh, have a great day, see ya, bye bye